Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Hey, everybody. Today, I have the honor and privilege of bringing a really special guest. And there are not many guests that will probably ever be on my show that I can say I've known this person since before she was born. And that is the case with my guest today. Leela Henderson is a wonderful, incredible new mom. And the reason I knew her before she was born is because her mom, Saran, was my midwife teacher and my midwife for my baby. So I met her mama when I was 18 years old and her mama took me under her wing and has been one of my dearest, closest friends. You know that kind of friend we used to joke and call each other like our two o'clock in the morning friend? Because that friend you can call and say anything to at any time of day. And if you need to talk or something's on your mind, you can still call them. That's Leela's mom for me, Saran. And so Saran was my midwife teacher. And her beautiful daughter, Leela, who we're going to be hearing from today, just had her first baby a couple of weeks ago. And Leela invited me to be an assistant midwife at her birth to her mama, who was midwifing her baby. And joining us was also a really special guest, Sister Nasra, who had been Saran's midwifery teacher and partner and also was one of my teachers and midwife at one of my births. So it was a pretty sacred, amazing experience. And to round things out, Sister Nasra and Sister Saran had also been the midwife to Leela's partner's at Leela's partner's birth. So the baby's daddy, Takesta, was also born at home with Sister Saran and Sister Nasra. So today Leela is joining me to talk with us and share her incredibly beautiful and recent birth experience. So she's coming to us from outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And Leela, thank you for taking time as a busy new mom to join me today. I really appreciate it. I am so thankful to be able to share my story with you in the world. It was such amazing birth experience. And I really appreciate you being there. And when my mom asked me, well, who do you want at your birth? I knew exactly who I wanted. I wanted you, Mama Nasra, and her. And I was able to have it. And I'm just so thankful for that. Well, it was one of those life experiences that kind of just, um, I think just you, you know, for me, so I'm so filled with gratitude to have been there with you, to now have little Nandi as my little, feels like, you know, one of the little godchildren that us midwives have when we get to be at the birth of someone we love so much like you and, uh, to be there with your mom and Nasra, that was such a powerful circle. So that actually brings me to a question that I want to ask you, which I never did actually ask you before, which is, I mean, you've been around birth since you were a tiny, tiny baby. In fact, mama used to bring you to birth. Sometimes I held you during birth. What, what was it? Not so much about the personalities, but when you were thinking about who you wanted at your birth, how did you think about that from a skills perspective, from an energy perspective? What in your mind or in your heart or whatever, like led you to say, okay, I need my mom, sister Nasra, sister Aviva. What is the energy that you wanted to create? 
Well, it was both the skills and the energy. I, my mom, when she asked me, I specifically told her I didn't want a bunch of people at my birth because I was already getting people asking me, oh, can I come to your birth? I really want to be at your birth. And I didn't want a crowd at all. I wanted people who were soft and Mama Nasara. That That's one of the reasons why I wanted her to be there because her spirit is soft. Her touch is soft. She's very soothing. And so she was also at my birth and she was at Takesu's birth. And that was like even more special for me. That's crazy. Went, that just doesn't usually happen in the in the scheme of the universe. No. It, maybe maybe in traditional cultures, but that's pretty incredible. Exactly, it's incredible. And I wanted you to be there because you're skilling your energy, and because we've known you. I've known you since birth, like you said, like before birth. And I, I also missed you because, like, when you came down for Satori's um, transition, it was like, man, I really miss her. And the crazy thing about it is, Kessie and I literally found out about baby the night before Satori passed away. So she's our little blessing. And when you came down for for his transition, his um, service, it immediately clicked. Like, I want you there. And I wanted my mom there because I wanted her to help bring my baby in because she is a midwife. But I also wanted her there because she's my mom and I want her to be my mom at certain points, too. I remember during the birth when I was pushing, I looked at her and I said, oh, this hurts. And she was like, yeah, look what you did to me. And I was a big baby. That was so funny when she said that. I couldn't believe she said that. And then I immediately, like, I wanted to grab somebody's hand, but I wasn't paying attention to whose hand I was grabbing, but it immediately went to my mom's. And so that was special, too, to have her there help bring baby in and to also be there as my mom to support me and to just love on me and be there for me. She's an incredible. She's incredible. She's incredible. And I wanted Tamika's to be there. Tamika's was the doula, but I wanted her to be there because she had the she has the skills to help mothers bring their baby in. And she gave me support. I remember the night before she said, "Leela, lay down on the floor, put one leg on top of the couch." And I was like, "Okay, this sounds weird, and I really don't want to get on the floor, but I did it to help move the baby around." And during labor, she'd give me like, just she'd say, okay, Lila, let's do this, let's do that. And that was really helpful because it helped me get through each wave. And Sharon, she was my mom, she's my mom's apprentice. I wanted her there because from the time I met Sharon, I always thought she was real cool and she had really good advice. And so I wanted her to be there and she was so supportive. Every time I moaned, she was like, Lily, you got this. You're good. You got this. Just go with it. It's almost over. She was there for that support, too. And so that made up my entire team. And to Kesta, of course, I want him to be there. I want him to catch the baby. Mm. And he was so supportive. Every time I was like, to Kesta, my hips, he'll know what to do. To Kesta, my back, he'll know what to do. And he was just so supportive. He was really calm throughout the entire labor. 
And that right there, that's my team. And I had the dream team. Like, I really did have the dream team. And I'm so appreciative of all of you all. Mm. Well, you were a birthing queen too. <laughs> so you're, so birthing is in your blood. I mean, well, before we even go on to that, I just want to kind of give listeners a little perspective just because they might not know what you're talking about with Satori when you talked about him passing. So Leela is, is the youngest of five children and Saran's, Saran and her husband Raom have had a child who passed away um, last autumn, her Leela's older brother, Satori, who I met when he was four years old, he um, had epilepsy that developed when he was a teenager and he passed away um, in, I guess it was late September, Leela, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, of uh, complications of his epilepsy. So it was a great loss for all of us. And um, of course, especially for the family and we gathered together to celebrate his life and honor his transition um, in Atlanta together in the fall. And, um, you know, actually it was really interesting because Leela, at some point after the birth, we were talking about how we all ended up on the floor and Leela gave birth um, with her mom at her at her bottom and her, her partner Takesta receiving the baby with her. And then me sitting behind her and Nasser sitting behind me. And then we switched to that Nasser was behind you and I was behind her at some point because we were on that floor for a long time. But you ended up birthing right under the altar that you had created for your brother, which was pretty incredible. Yeah, I, um, I didn't realize that until after the birth as well. And that shrine up there is my brother, it's my uncle, and Takesta's aunt. And sometimes when I was going through a wave, I'll go right there and move my hips around and look at them and say, I know y'all got me. I know you are going to help through this process. And it's just amazing that I birthed right under them through the door. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we were literally in the doorway between Leela's living room and bedroom. So it was truly like this. <laughs> if you talk about birth being a doorway, <laughs> it <laughs> really was. was. <laughs> so did you always know you wanted to have a home birth? Oh, absolutely. That was my only choice. I've been around this for 29 years, literally the day I was born. <laughs> and it's like I've always listened to my mom talk to her moms, whether it was when she they were passed through for prenatal or if she was on the phone with them. And so I kind of listened to like the do's and don'ts of laboring and pregnancy and postpartum and everything. And so um, having a home birth was really my only choice. I never really considered having a hospital birth at all. I really don't like hospitals. Mm. And so I think it's kind of cool that my mom is a midwife and she was able to help assist with bringing the baby in. But this uh, home birth was my only option. I never considered having an alternative. I didn't even pack a bag just in case we needed to go to a hospital because I didn't want to put that in the universe or anything. I didn't want to have an idea of having to go to the hospital. I knew that I could do this at home. I knew I had the support that I needed to do this at home. So I went with it. Yeah, it's beautiful. You trusted what you knew. Mm -hmm. When you think back on some of the pieces of wisdom that 
kind of stuck with you that you remember hearing mommy say over the years, some of the tidbits about, let's say, let's talk about pregnancy. What were some of the things that you can recall that really stuck with you and guided you? Move, mm-hmm. continue to move, um, stay hydrated, love on yourself, continue to love your partner, love your baby, talk to your baby while she is in your womb. Take care of your body. Those really stuck with me. That helped me throughout my pregnancy. I knew that I needed to be hydrated. So I drank nothing but water. I um, continued to do the active things that I did. I do African dance with a dance company. And the baby allowed me. She's moving around, so she might say something to you all. (laughs) But... um, she allowed me to continue to dance. I would wrap my belly up. We had rehearsals two days a week. I did shows. I drummed. She likes dr- the drumming. She'll always fall asleep while I drum. So I continue to do the things that I like to do. I hike. My mom and I began to, I hike every weekend with Takesta. But my mom and I began to hike together. And every weekend. And so she allowed me to stay active. And that's what I did. And Um, you worked, you worked until, um, Leela is a school teacher and you worked until uh, what, about, uh, six, eight weeks before she came. I worked. Yeah. Six, six weeks before she came. Mm -hmm. I love my kids. They're third graders and they're always, they're always asking about the baby. They always want to touch my stomach and I allowed them to do that. I allowed them to talk to them. And she allowed me to go to work until one day it got real. I was up until 4.30 and and I had to wake up. I was up to 4.30, went to sleep, but I had to be up at 5.30. I went to school. I was agitated. I mean, I was eight months into my pregnancy. Had to walk around and I was like, this right here has, I have to stop. Like, I have to stop. The kids understood. I talked to them. I spoke to them. I said, you know, when you're pregnant, you're, you're taking care of yourself and the baby. And right now I need to take care of myself. So I won't be able to be here for the rest of the school year. They were sad. I was sad, but I had to take care of myself Mm -hmm. and I had to take care of the baby. And if I was going to be up at 4.30 in the morning, then we would have to go to sleep at 5.30 and sleep maybe to 11 and not have to go to school. So that's the decision I had to make. And I'm glad I made the decision because we had to move. Like everything was getting real. We had to move into a bigger place. I needed to get rest. Takesta needed to get rest. We, we were gearing up for having the baby. And so I'm glad I did make that decision. All right. So let's talk about this hiking. I got, I flew from Western Massachusetts to Atlanta and I got there on Friday morning and your mommy texted me. She said, let's go for a hike. And I said, well, I've got four inch platforms on and I've just gotten (laughs) gotten off the plane. So go ahead and hike and let me know how things are going. And you were having some contractions. You had had some bloody show at this point. And you all went for like a three hour hike up a mountain. Tell us about that day because that was that morning. That was pretty incredible. Yeah, I called my mom the night. I woke up in the middle of the night. This was Thursday night. And I was like, oh, I see pink showing. And she was like, okay, get some rest. We'll talk in the morning. 
she called me and she was like, all right, let's go walking. She said, let's go walking. So I'm like, okay, cool. We're just going to go walking. I'm thinking we're going to go walking like the Beltline, Peanut Park, <laughs> like that. And so she gets down here and she was like, okay, we're going to go to, you want to go to Arabian Mountain? And Takesta was like, yeah. So we went, I love Arabian Mountain. It was a four mile hike that we did. And what we did was we went up the mountain. We started off with going up the mountain and the, it was challenging. This time it was more challenging. Usually I can get up there. I did Stone Mountain and I, and we did very well with Stone Mountain. But this time it was harder because I was having contractions throughout walking up and I had to walk up slower. I was um, losing my breath faster. And so my mom would say, okay, let's stop. All right, through this contraction, I want you to rock your hips. Just sway your hips to Cassie. Just help her, assist her with moving her hips around. And I had a cloth with peppermint oil in it. And so I, I sniff on the cloth and do exactly what she said. And it helped. It helped tremendously. And so we did that going up the mountain. Then we walked along the mountain because I knew there was a trail and so we walked the trail and it was such a beautiful scene. First, we started with the mountain. Then we went through the woods and the wood. It was just absolutely beautiful. And I was still going through contractions. She'd say, okay, lunge for this one. All right, put your foot on this tree for this one. Hike your <laughs> leg up for this one. She was just giving me different strategies to work through each contraction. So we walked along the trail. The lake was right next to us. And then we finished up. I tracked the the hike, and that was a four-mile hike. And we were out there for about three and a half hours, got in the car. I was still going through contractions, and the peppermint was helping me. The peppermint oil was helping. And you were contracting yeah. about every 15 minutes at this point. Yeah, it was about Mommy every- was texting me and telling me what was up. Mm-hmm. It was every 15 minutes. Then we went home. I took a shower. I ate, and I went to sleep. And around seven o'clock, that's when labor was picking up. The contractions were getting a little closer. Um, we had this tracker on my phone. And I don't know if I was just getting too excited <laughs> or whatever, but it was seeming like the contractions were seven minutes apart and they were getting a little stronger. And that's when you and mommy decided to come on over. Mm-hmm. And so once y'all came, once y'all got here, you were like, all right, you want to go for a walk? And I really, really wanted to be like, no, <laughs> but I knew, I knew it would help. And so I was like, all right, suck it up. Let's go up these steps and let's do it. And so we walked around my entire complex, still doing the um, lunges, squats, whatever, you are, whatever was suggested, continue doing that. And then as the night progressed, Mama Nasra got there, Tamikis and Sharon. And so the team was here and I, we would labor and each person would come and assist me through each contraction. And then around three o'clock, well, for one, Mama Nasra got here and she immediately went to sleep. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I was thinking, wait, you live like seven minutes away. You came over to sleep, but I'm so thankful she came. She went to sleep at that time and rested up because around four o'clock, everybody was tired. Like it was, I wish I really got a picture. You should have. My- 
I know my I know. mom on the couch, Tamikis was on the couch, and someone else was on the couch laying on each other's sleep. You were on the floor <laughs> in the Rebozo sleep. Sharon was sitting on the wall sleep. But Mama Nasara, she was awake and she was alert. Takesta was in the bedroom on the bed sleep. But Mama Nasara, she was awake and alert, and the contractions were getting really strong. And her touch is amazing. I wish everyone, every mother could feel it because it's so light, but it does so much. And she was able to assist me during that time. And then my water bag broke. I was sitting on the toilet and I was like, okay, maybe I got to poop. So let me just try to push. And I did one little push and something said pop. And I was like, mommy, it's a Casper. You called out really loud. I woke up bolt upright and came running in there. <laughs> and she was like, okay, that's your water bag breaking. That's, that means labor is progressing. And everybody came back in here and just went mm. to sleep. I'm thinking things was about to get on and popping. But no, everybody came in here and just kind of chilled out. But we needed to change the position of the baby. She was posterior. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's when my mom pulled out the rebozo. And we started off on the birthing ball. I was lying on the birthing ball. Mama Viva was on one side and Tamikas was on another. And they kind of did this teeter-totter to move the baby. And so then we tried it on my back and my mom and Mama Viva tried it. They were the last round of people to try it. Tamikas and Sharon started, no, Tamikas and Takesta started it, then Sharon and Takesta. But then my mom and Aviva got up and was like, okay, let me do this. This is how it goes. This is how it goes. (laughs) I'm thinking like, Ma, are you sure? Because your shoulder, like she has shoulder pains in I didn't want to pop. I was concerned. I was thinking about her. I didn't want to pop her shoulder out of place or anything. But the third or fourth time you all did it, I could the pain eased up so much during each contraction before you all did the rebozo. I can feel it mostly in my back, and it was so painful. And so the fourth time you all did it, I, I immediately felt relief it felt so much better after we did the rebozo I mean contractions picked up around seven o'clock I felt my Manasa and I were in the bathroom and I felt a push come on she was like hold on hold on let's get things started before you start pushing like we have to get prepared so we got prepared for the birth we started off in the bathtub I just knew I wanted a water birth but in my mind, I knew it might not have happened because I was supposed to be a water birth, but I wasn't birthing the water. And so that was always in the back of my head that maybe she doesn't want to be birthing the water. And it, we did maybe five pushes in the water and it just wasn't working. Squatting, standing up, sitting down, it just wasn't working. Do you feel like maybe you just didn't kind of have the room to move freely or was it just not, just wasn't feeling right? Like what about it? It was the tub. I mean, I thought the tub would be big enough, but at, when I was in it, I didn't have enough room. If we would have had a pool, then maybe that would have been a little different, but the tub was kind of tiny, and I just felt like we were just smushed in, yeah. and everybody was in the bathroom. It, it, I, I wasn't comfortable. 
Yeah, it seemed like you needed because I remember we talked about me and mommy about maybe you getting out. It just seemed like you need a little bit more room to kind of expand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we started off on the birthing stool. I remember the, our last prenatal, my mom and I's last prenatal. I said, I want you to bring over everything you can to help bring this baby out. The birthing ball, the birthing stool, a pool, everything. And so my brother came over and brought all that stuff over for us. <laughs> and so we moved on to the stool and did a couple of pushes there. I still wasn't as comfortable. And that's when we, someone was like, well, why don't you do it on your back, right? And we just happened to be in the doorway. We were in the doorway because we tried the rebozo. Right. What happened was, um, because I know like those little details can get lost when you're the one in the birth. Mommy, (laughs) your mommy had set up a little... It was really cool. She took the rebozo and uh, tied a big knot around it. And then she, I'll send you, I'll post a video. I have a, like a little uh, 30 second video of Saran doing this, but threw the knot over the door and then shut the door so that we could have you hold on it and squat kind of like Mayan women do mm-hmm. uh, really commonly. And you tried that. It seemed like it was very strong. And then you felt like pushing and mommy suggested that she check you because we never check dilation during labor at all. We just let you be, you know, we listened to baby's heart tones and and that was that, you know, it was obvious that things were moving along. And I think that people get accustomed to the fact that you're supposed to check dilation, but midwives know. In, in fact, a study happened a long time ago in England where lots and lots of midwives were shown videos of women. Um, some of them had no sound. Some of them were just played audio with no video and the experienced midwives could tell you almost exactly what dilation a woman was at either just by the sounds she was making or just by how she looked. And so we never even checked you. And I think, so you were in the doorway and mommy said that um, she thought maybe she would check you if that was okay with you. And you said, yes. And so you actually laid down on the floor and I got behind you to support you while mommy checked you. That's how we ended up there. (laughs) I'm so glad that's when she decided to check me because I was thinking I was checking myself throughout the whole time and (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking okay maybe like right at the opening of my vagina that's where I dilate so I'm sitting here wiping myself every time I go to the bathroom and thinking I still feel like a little blueberry down there like we're not (laughs) progressing or anything and so then when we were on the floor and my mom checked me. She was like, oh, you're nine centimeters dilated. It was such a relief because I was like, oh my God, we're almost there. Whereas if she would have checked me before and was like, okay, you're four centimeters dilated. I would have been dreading like, oh my God, we have how many more to go? Like I'm so glad she decided to do it at that point. And so then you just were incredible. You were incredible the whole time. I tell you guys, this woman she was just basically like, what do I do to take care of my baby? And how do I move? And you were so like just intuitive. And at the same time, you had these midwives there who've been, you know, not only doing this for a long time, but doing, we'd all been doing it with each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was like, you just were this fluid. It was, the whole thing was so fluid and the way you birthed was like that. So do you remember what the experience of pushing was like? Oh, Oh, I'm sorry, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Nandi. That's wild. But that's exactly how it was. Oh, like, I remember 
one of my friends throughout my whole pregnancy. People always wanted to tell me their negative stories. And I told myself at the beginning, I'm not going to listen to anybody's negative stories. Either I tune them out or I walk away. Good for and you. That's exactly what I did. But I remember my friend at the end of my pregnancy at my um, blessing way. She was like, that ring of fire is something serious. And that stuck with me. And that ring of fire is something serious. Oh, my gosh. That was probably the most painful thing throughout the whole labor. I could do the contractions. That was cool because I knew it would be over. Then it pick up again. Then it stopped. Then it pick up again. But once she began to crown, that ring of fire was serious. Like, I can't. It, it's exactly what it's named. Ring of fire. Like, it's yeah. exactly what it is. It was so painful. But I knew all right, Leela, you got a couple of more pushes. Once you do this, like it'll, it'll be better and you have your baby in your hand. And that's what I kept thinking about throughout each push. I try to block that sensation down there and just think, okay, your baby's coming. Your baby's closer. You're almost here. You can hold her. And so that's what I thought about the entire time to help ease it. I tried to continue saying that in my head, like, mm-hmm. okay, you got this, you got this, your baby's coming. It's almost here, yeah. But it's it, it was serious. I think that was the most painful throughout the whole thing. And if I was to change one thing, I wouldn't really change my birthing story at all, my birthing experience at all. But if I was to just change something now that I think about it, and what I would consider for my next baby is when you feel that push contraction, push. But when you don't feel it, don't push. Mm-hmm. And I think. Mama Nasra told me that when we were in the bathroom and there's so many things going through your head. You want your baby out. And so I feel like during some of those contractions, I could have just chilled instead of pushing. And I think that's what made me feel that sensation more. Mm. And so I think that's the only thing I would change like for my next birthing experience. Yeah, I think, you know, that urge to push is so intense. A lot of times with babies, when I'm midwifing, it's just, okay, let's just breathe through this. Let's just breathe. Don't even push. And the baby amazingly still comes out. Yeah, it's so cool. I'm so glad that you were able to get the video footage so that I would be able to see it because, Mm. I mean, I couldn't see it from the angle that we were, wherever that I was at. Mm -hmm. And looking at that video, I probably looked at that video maybe 100 times. Wow. It's just thinking about what I was thinking at that moment and actually seeing it and putting it together. It is is amazing because I've seen babies be born like plenty of times, but just seeing my own baby being born, like me actually pushing this six pound, 12 ounce baby out of me, that was just truly amazing. And I'm glad we got the footage for that. Yeah, that was totally accidental. I was, uh, because I was sitting behind you, it's almost like my head was at your level. So I was just <laughs> trying to get some pictures because I thought you might want them later. So, I, you know, I had the baby, I had the towel ready for the baby on one leg. You were leaning back and then the camera just to get a couple. Oh, you know why I had the camera out? It wasn't even to get pictures. It was because I was the one that was going to look at the time when the baby was born. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I, I was like, well, may as well get some pictures. And I hit video by mistake. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm just going to go with this because this is just meant to be. And then placenta came out, what, about, it was maybe like 15 minutes? Mm-hmm, 15 minutes later, 
and no cord <laughs> cutting until the placenta came out baby mm-hmm. was baby was on you and you were talking to baby and snuggling baby the whole time yes okay. yes that was amazing because Takesha was able to bring um to catch her with my mom's assistance he was able to cut the cord I think did he, I think he cut the cord he did it's the two of them together um there's a picture that I did get of their two hands together but he cut and mommy held Okay. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was truly amazing. I know that changed. I know he absolutely enjoyed that too. That's a life changing experience. Being able to actually like catch your baby and cut the umbilical cord. He was so gentle and so lovely. Oh, he's been like that all nine months. Like mm. I was appreciative of it so much. He still is right now, but throughout the whole birth, the laboring. He was just so gentle with me. He knew exactly what I needed, when I needed it. And he just stayed calm the whole time. Like he was so cool about it. You know, one of the things that really struck me, Leela, about you, and I actually saw this a lot when I was attending births in Haiti. A lot of women, and and of course, everyone's experience of birth is different. And some women yell and some women get pissed off and some women get irritable and it's all good, however it rolls. But one of the things that I have noticed is that when mom is able to stay open and appreciative of the people supporting her because she feels supported and gracious, it actually seems to me that the labors in those cases are a lot easier. And one thing about you that I noticed is that you were always so kind and gentle. Even when you were Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, you always thanked other people for supporting you or rubbing your back. There was just a, a real generosity about how you birth. And I always think about birth as something we give, right? We give birth and to stay giving during that process, I think is one of the things that over the years I've observed facilitates that process. And you were just a shining, beautiful example of that. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciative of like everybody being there because as I was going through it, they were just assisting, helping And it just made everything feel so much better being in the environment that I was in. It made it feel so much better. I love the blue lights that we had in the um, right in the doorway where she was born. Those Christmas lights. They were beautiful. (laughs) Yes. And to Kesta, he he was just I was so thankful for him because, like I keep saying, he was so calm with it. And we feed off of each other's energy. So him being calm, that just made things so much easier. He said, okay, baby, you got it. You're good. We're good. And I fed off of his energy. I had to thank him every time because I know he was probably thinking, like, what's going on? Like, is she okay? Is she going to be all right? But he stayed calm. So after baby was born, we did some traditional practices that your mommy and I have been doing together for a very long time. Sister Nasra does. Do you want to talk about what the postpartum bath was like for you? Did you enjoy that? Or uh, oh, we, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, okay. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I remember telling my mom, I want flowers in there. I mean, I want, I really want flowers. So the night before she found these really pretty flowers, purple and pink and white. And she put them in the birth bath. And at this point, my niece London was at the house. She had come by. This was maybe two two hours after after um, Nandi was born. 
And so I was like, all right, London, you might, I'm about to get up. Cause at this point I was in the bed, like I'm about to get up and go to the bathtub. Um, you might see a little blood, but it's okay. But she was so cool with it. Like she was born for this. And so I sat in the bath. It felt so good. It was so soothing. And the flowers just added this really prettiness to it. I put the flowers on the baby. She was in the tub with me. (laughs) And we were connecting and we had a photo shoot. London was there the entire time talking my head off. But I really enjoyed it. It felt so good, especially after pushing her out. I, I just appreciated it because... I was thinking when I was in the bathtub, like, I can't get this at just a hospital. Like, I can't get this or bath like this. And so it just made me appreciate having this home birth more because I was able to sit in the bathtub and connect with my baby, hold her. And this is just two hours after pushing her out. And I enjoyed that bonding time with her in the bathtub. It's been real with um having to be at the house with the baby and not being able to move around because after birth like you think after birth especially first-time mothers you think after birth you're back to normal and absolutely not I had to tell myself like you gotta sit down my mom told me you have to sit down because I was thinking okay she's out I can bend over I can do this I can do that no, you still feel those cramps as she breastfeeds. You you still feel certain stuff. Your uterus still has to shrink back to normal size, like everything. And so I didn't think about that until I was going through it. Yeah, I had to tell myself to chill out because he I I I didn't want to I didn't want to hurt myself. I wanted my body to heal properly. And so my father's been over here every other day. He's always bringing me Mm. food. My brother's always like my support system is they're on point because they're always like, Lily, you need anything? My sister-in-law, she came up, cleaned the whole house. So I've had people to be here with me, but he had to return back to work. And um, I know it bugs him, but you got to pay the bills. (laughs) Your daddy brought me food after my babies were born. In fact... I was craving almond butter during one of my pregnancies and your daddy got me a 15 pound tub of almond butter. That was like, that that was like gold (laughs) back then. (laughs) Yes. It's so good for that. He, he's been so attentive. He calls and checks on her every two hours, which Mm. is okay with me. He's always asking me, Lily, you got dinner. You're good. We're about to come over. Or when you hit the gate, open it up. He's so and sweet. he's just been so supportive the entire time. When I tell you my entire support system between Tessa's family and my family, they've been able to help me hold it down with her and adjust to parenthood and motherhood. Leela. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your birth story with us. And I think everyone who's listening hears your warmth and your openness and your kindness and your generosity. And it's just a a pleasure and privilege to, Mm -hmm. you're like my niece to me. And uh, it's, I'm so grateful to have you in my life. And thank you for bringing Nandi into all of our lives and for sharing your story so openly with 
my community here on um, on uh, iTunes and on uh, in podcast land. Oh, I appreciate being able to share my story. I remember my mom's doula friends, my doula friends, midwives, and even mothers. They always say everybody's birth experience is different. And that's absolutely true. No matter what you see on like Instagram, because I know I watch a whole bunch of Instagram videos or on the website, like you plan your birth, you plan your birth experience. You When you find out that you're expecting Start off by listing what exactly you want and throughout your whole pregnancy, like continue to look at what what you want, consider what you want, and it can go exactly how you want. Your body listens to you. It goes exactly how you want, and that's exactly how my birth experience was. I'm not sure how my next one will be, but I will consider everything I consider for this one because this little blessing right here, um, she gave me a nice experience a soothing experience she was able to reunite the dream team you (laughs) and herself and it's just I'm so appreciative of her of my support system my dream team and I appreciate you having me Oh, Leila, thank you so much. Love you, honey. And um, I look forward to watching this little one grow over mm-hmm. the many coming years. So thank you for, for coming on today. Anytime. Baby, love you too. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.